Steve Carroll, thank you so much for joining us. This is the Better Agent series uh, where we focus on uh, bringing you, the agents, the best advice and tips from industry leaders such as yourself um, to make everybody naturally better real estate agents. So I know you're a busy man. I very much appreciate your time. Um, for anybody who doesn't know or has heard of you, if you could just give us the 30-second uh, the elevator pitch of how you've got to where you are now, please. Yeah, absolutely. Well, good to be here. So back in 2001, I started on my digital journey, which which makes me sound incredibly old. And just to give you some context, Google was founded in 1998 and Facebook in 2004. So prior to Facebook being uh, created, um, I was I was asked by the company I was working for in London, EMAP, which was um, at the time the biggest uh, print uh, media company in Europe. I was asked with um, or tasked with the job of trying to come up with a digital uh, internet strategy. And uh, since then, I've had a love for digital, a love for technology, and a love for how it's uh, impacting our lives. And uh, last 15 years, been uh, doing all of this in Australia at News Corp, and then for the last 10 years at REA, although I did leave REA 12 months ago. Okay, very good. So it's pretty common knowledge that technology has revolutionised real estate, and particularly over the last five years or so. Um, how does one keep up with the rapid changes of technology in the industry? Well, I reckon, it, I reckon it's a little bit tougher for people like me, Will, who were born in the 1960s. Um, you know, we weren't born, we, we, didn't, we didn't go to school and learn how to use technology. So uh, people like me, we've kind of had to learn it uh, whilst we uh, have been at work. And look, I've got three strategies to make sure that a 55-year-old pommy like me um, is on top of what's happening out there. So the first thing that I do, Will, is I hang around with people that know their stuff. So uh, I hang around with them physically. I uh, connect with them through social media. And, uh, and that is one of my three strategy, strategies. The next strategy is um, I've got three teenage children and I spend a lot of time trying to understand uh, what they're watching, what they're looking at, how it works and so on and so forth. And, uh, you know, it's very easy to uh, look at your children and, and think, well, I really don't understand what they're doing in their bedroom right now. But uh, I'm curious and inquisitive and that curiosity, inquisitiveness hanging around with the right people and annoying the hell out of my kids to find out what they're doing, uh, I reckon gives me a good understanding of what's happening well. Yeah, I think you're exactly right. So I remember as an agent, which wasn't that long ago, um, I would be emailed on a daily basis um, a new piece of technology or something that was going to revolutionise real estate and it was overwhelming. Every time I saw something, I was like, yeah, okay, and you go to Arik and there's 60 stalls with all these different bits of tech and open negotiations, one of them, so it's hard to stand out from the crowd. But how do agents not get overwhelmed and, and, and sort of get through all the, the noise to find out what actually works for them from a technology point of view? Yeah, absolutely. And look, there isn't an easy answer. There's not a silver bullet, Will. And, uh, you know, what I would recommend to all... Well, there's two things that I'd recommend to all real estate professionals. <laughs> 
Number one, you need to have a COVID strategy um, with the context of digital. And what I mean by that is if you're just uh, sitting there waiting for this COVID thing to disappear and you're going to continue to do what you've always done, then I think you might be in trouble as we go into 2021 and, and beyond. So the first thing that I would do is I would urge every single real estate agent property manager, principal, to have some form of COVID strategy with, uh, a con with the context of digital. The second thing that I would do is I would just speak to people. I would just ask people what's working for them, what's not working for them, and, and don't be shy to plagiarize from people around you. You know, I think the one, what there's many, many great things about the real estate industry here in Australia. The one thing that is a standout for me is the willingness for people to share knowledge but you've got to get on the front foot. You've got to make that phone call. You've got to make that connection. And uh, you've got to ask the question to continue to upskill yourself. But, but Will, we will continue to get bombarded with new ideas, new apps, new technology. And uh, we just have to get used to that. But what we do need to do is train ourselves to uh, watch, listen, and hang around with people and learn from them. Plagiarism is a really quick way to uh, stay ahead, Will. It's all I ever did as a real estate agent was just copy people that were better than me. Exactly, exactly. So all I do, all I do. <laughs> if, if, if I'm unsure, you know, I'll ring the likes of Nigel Dalton, I'll ring the likes of Peter Brewer, and I'll just say, hey, what's hot? Kylie Davis is another. What's hot in real estate at the moment? What's hot in technology? What's everybody talking about? And, uh, and just be inquisitive and just be curious. I think I think when you think about it, Will, and I know that you've got young children, when, when kids are very young, they, they have a real inquisitive, curious side to them. And as we get older, we lose that ability to be inquisitive. We lose that ability to be curious. And it's something right now that we need to bring back into our DNA. Yeah, you're so right. Um, I couldn't agree more. Um, I was... Uh chopping down a bunch of trees the other day at the front of our house and um, I just lent them up against the trampoline and I was going to put them through this mulcher thing we've got and then I went inside and grabbed a drink. It came out and the boys had made a, um, like we're starting to make a little cubby house out of them. Exactly. Like all of a sudden my trash becomes their treasure and they're starting to become creative around it. So you, you're right. You, you've got to keep um, your imagination definitely vivid. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. A hundred percent. And, uh, you know, it, it's interesting because um, I get a number of phone calls, a number of emails from people and say, hey, Steve, um, I'm thinking about this. What do you think? And I'll always take time to uh, give my advice for what it's worth to those people, because I applaud the fact they've got on the front foot and they've asked. hundred percent. And speaking of asking, um, the people on Zoom, Facebook, if you have any questions for Steve, now's the time. So I'd much, I'd really love you guys to pop in some questions in the chat function or in the comments section on Facebook. We'll do our best to answer those. But um, a recent blog um, on your website's entitled Adapt or Die, which um, it's a good title because it's going to get people reading for sure. How true is that statement, especially now in, um, in the climate of COVID-19? 
Yeah, I have to say that if I could rewrite that blog, I think what I would say is adapt or become irrelevant. And, um, you know, I think die is a pretty harsh, uh, harsh word. But it's interesting, Will, because, you know, you and I were talking offline about this annual bike ride that um, I do every year with um, a, a group of real estate professionals. And we managed just to, we managed to complete this bike ride across Thailand. It's a charity bike ride just before COVID hit. And there's a number of reasons why I do this every year. But one of the reasons is I just like to find out from business leaders What's on their mind? You know, what are they thinking about? What what do they think are going to be the big trends that are going to impact uh, real estate over the next two or three years? And um, there was probably 80 of us. And we had riders from New Zealand, from Britain and from Australia. The three key trends that were talked about more than any other trends was the, the dominance of digital, how, how digital is starting to really dominate uh, real estate, how digital is starting to influence real estate, and how digital is accelerating. The, the speed that we're embracing uh, digital and technology is just accelerating, getting faster and faster. And so that's not Steve Carroll speaking. That is, um, they were the three big topics of 80 very successful uh, real estate professionals over a five, six, seven day bike ride. And, and what I would say is this, um, you know, you, you we, we can't hide away from the impact that digital is going to have on this industry, which is why we need to be curious, we need to be in, in, inquisitive, and we need to adapt and we need to open our minds and learn. And I think failure to do that will just make us or we run the risk of becoming irrelevant. And, and let me just say, Will, one of the reasons why I would put my mortgage on these three trends being uh, trends we need to watch over the next two years, why I put my mortgage on is this. Right now in Australia, we are going through a demographic change of of the age group of people in the workforce, which has a knock-on effect to real estate. So let me quickly explain. So here we are in 2020, half of the workforce were born after 1981. By the time we get to 2025, close to 65% of the workforce would have been born after 1981. And what do we know about people that were born after 1981? They were born with technology. They were born understanding how social media works. They're all over digital. And, and the thing is, when these people get into the workplace, get, go, go from the workplace into the real estate ecosystem, which is obviously a natural transition, they're going to want to deal with real estate agents and real estate groups that are all over technology. They're digitally thought, they're digital thought leaders. They understand how social media works. And you know, if you're a real estate agent and you can't bring that to the living room table, I really think that you run the risk of being looked over and really run the risk of being irrelevant. And that was that was the whole purpose of that article you're referring to, Will. Yeah, yeah, very good point. Um, and I remember at Eric a couple of years ago, and I cannot remember the speaker, but the, the, the words that they said still resonate with me now that change is slow until it's not. 
and um, all of a sudden one day you wake up and something that you thought five years ago was just a twinkling in, in people's imagination is all of a sudden here today and, and it, it took five years but all of a sudden it's here. Um, Absolutely. And Will, just on that, um, there's a guy who you will know very well, uh, Jack Welsh, who uh, is probably one of the, the greatest business coaches that lived and he passed away just before Christmas. And, um, you know, he said this of, of this adapt or die or adapt or become irrelevant. And he said, you know, if the rate of change outside your organisation is higher than the rate of change inside your organisation, the end is near. And so that is such an important slide. And just for you, the people that are listening, I'm just going to repeat that. If the rate of change outside your organization is higher than the rate of change inside your organization, the end is near. And I think that sums up that um, adapt or be irrelevant so beautifully well by Jack Welsh. It does. And it's almost, it's scary when I hear about that sort of stuff because the, the, the rate of change outside is very fast. And if you're not changing inside, as you said, the, the end is nigh. So it's, um, it's incredible, those words. Just a couple of questions um, from Patrice. Um, she just mentioned where the blog is um, that you write. Um, I, I pick it up on um, LinkedIn, but is there a better way to find it? Uh, yeah, everything's on LinkedIn. So uh, what I would just, just make sure you're, you're connected with me on LinkedIn with connections and uh, you'll, you'll see a series of blogs that I've written over, uh, over the years. But thanks for the question. Not a problem. And, uh, and Dean has asked, um, you mentioned you used to work with REA. Um, do you have an inkling or an understanding as to when they will integrate live streaming on their platform? Wow. I have no idea. Uh, so are we talking about live streaming of, um, of auctions or live streaming uh, in general? I would imagine it's probably talking about open homes, uh, potentially auctions um, yeah, and, and, and all of the above. Yeah, live streaming open houses. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a brilliant it's a brilliant question. And uh, look, I I left REA in November, so uh, you know, 10, 11 months ago. And uh, prior to that, um, the three months prior to that, um, I wasn't really included in a lot of the the, the meetings that would have discussed what uh, the, the the dean has just asked. So I'm probably thirteen months out of that. So don't know, but great question. Yeah, and 13 months, as you know, in the tech world is, uh, is a long, long time. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so I know this is a pretty general question. It doesn't have to be tech-related, but what do you think the biggest threat to the real estate industry is right now? And I know COVID's probably the obvious answer, but what are your thoughts? Well, you know, what's interesting, Will, is um, the threat is also the opportunity. Uh, but we'll, we'll answer the question as you've asked it, which is, uh, you know, what do you think is the biggest threat to the real estate industry right now? Uh, there are many, but I think that the two that I would highlight, and I'm going to be pretty controversial here, um, and I did think about this. Um, I did think about this question uh, way before we went live. So. I think the first big threat is the inability of this great industry that we're in, the inability for it to work together and collaborate. And, um, you know, I think that uh, if you think about you posted the gra a great picture a few days ago of your dad playing footy, uh, Will, 
Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, when you think about the great sporting teams, the one thing that, that, that made them great was they collaborated and they brought the best of their talent and the best of their ideas together. And I think one of the big threats for the industry is we could shoot ourselves in the foot by continued, continuing to work in isolation and continuing to think uh, I rather than we, yeah? I think that maybe egos have taken over a little bit too much within the industry and those egos could come back and bite us on the backside. So the question was the two biggest threats. I think that one is very much an internal threat. I think the other threat could be REA. And let me just caveat caveat that by saying this. So my 10 years at realestate.com.au were amazing. I worked with some incredibly talented people um, and uh, I learned so much during those 10 years. But um, if the real estate industry was a ship, uh, only one person can steer that ship. And I think the real estate industry needs to um, steer the ship. And I think one of the threats to the industry could be the real estate industry ship is steered by REA or steered by Domain or steered by Facebook. And I do see that as a threat to the industry. So if you combine the two, the inability for teamwork, allowing big players like Domain, REA, Facebook to steer that ship that I referred to, they would be the two uh, threats that I would highlight, Will. It's a really, really good answer because they kind of go hand in hand, don't they? If the agents collaborated better together, then it would hold off the big beasts that you're talking about. Absolutely, you know, and and I, and I think that um, all big organisations who want to dominate an industry uh, clearly would rather that industry not to be working together. And uh, and I do think that over the next three to four years, um, um, it's going to be interesting how it plays out. Will it is absolutely so. Speaking of agents, the individual agents, what are the main traits of an agent who's equipped to adapt in the industry versus one that is going to uh, fall behind and, and won't make it or die, in, in your words? I know you said you would bring yeah. that. But- yeah, good question. And look, I've, I've, um, I've, been, running out, I've been rolling out this uh, webinar, Sales in a Digital World webinar, uh, free of charge, 40-minute uh, webinar to uh, men- many groups uh, across Australia. I reckon I've done about 43 so far. And the, the webinar is based on some learnings that I gathered whilst I was in two weeks quarantine after my trip to Thailand to do the bike ride. And I, I just want to give you this context. It's quite interesting, I think. So um, I've always been intrigued, Will, as to um, there's, there's 5 million searches on Google every minute. So every single minute of every single day, there are 5 million searches. And, and what, I, what I wanted to find out whilst I was in this two weeks of quarantine is what the hell are people searching for? And what I learned was this. One of the most popular searches on Google right now is the search for heroes. And uh, when I delved a bit deeper, what I found out, and this is all, this is all from Google, what I found out was 
Um, when the world's a bit screwed up, when there's a lot of worry and inconsistency in the world, we as human beings take comfort from watching our heroes perform. So mm. absolute fact. And, um, and that's interesting, but this is even more interesting. Um, one of the fastest searches, one, one of the fastest growing searches on Google is the search for real estate agents or the search for property managers. And uh, one of the reasons for that is um, we know, I know from my time at realestate.com.au, and this is supported by what Google said. Um, one of the most stressful parts of selling your property is actually choosing an agent, Will. Mm. Yeah. And choosing an agent is so stressful because if you get if you make the wrong choice, it could cost you thousands. And one of the challenges the industry's got right now is so many agents just look the same that you know very few actually stand out from the crowd. And so what that's leading to is that's leading to a behaviour of screw this. This is too stressful. I'll just ask Google who is the best real estate agent in Geelong or real estate agents in Geelong close to me or something along those lines. And from that, during my two weeks of um, quarantine, I did a piece of work. What is it that, what are the qualities associated with heroes? And what are the qualities associated with uh, real estate agents that you want to do business with? And what and this is what my webinar is about. What's really uncanny is the qualities are virtually identical. Mm -hmm. So whether or not people, um, so whether or not people uh, have a hero, or whether or not it's about a real estate agent. Uh, consumers want them to be fast. They want them to move at speed. And when you think about it, you know, I don't know who your hero is, Will, probably your dad. You would probably say, well, my dad was my hero because he moved around the footy park really quickly. So what I would say is being fast or being quick is without question a real quality uh, right now. Being influential is so, so important. And what's really interesting about being influential, in the olden days, uh, actually building up influence, so you were the thought leader, you were the person that, you were the go-to person in Geelong when it came to real estate, in the olden days, was really bloody hard. You had to do the hard yakka, you had to knock on doors, you had to be visible. But today, actually being an influential figurehead is so much easier because of social media. Yeah. And so you've got people like Lisa Novak over in the Northern Beaches who has got immense influence within uh, the area that she operates, but has only been in real estate for three years. How she achieved that influence well, through social media. So the answer to the question is you've got to be fast. You've got to be uh, at the cutting edge. You've got to have influence. You've got to have courage, Will. And what I mean by that is the courage to do things that other people aren't doing. And, um, you know, in the webinar, I talk about the fact that Amazon are a great example of a company that have got courage to try things. And they actually uh, made a video which they showed at halftime in the Super Bowl in 2019 of all the things that they got wrong, but they had the courage to have a crack 
and therefore learn. So the third thing I would say is a real estate agent that's going to dominate in this world right now has to have courage to have a crack, try mm -hmm. things a bit differently. They need to be different. They need to figure out how they stand out in the crowd. And last but not least, they need to be a really good person, a really great human being. They need to have that human factor that attracts people to them because people want to deal with them because they're likable, you can trust them, and so on and so forth. So in summary, I would say fast influence, courageous, uh, be different, and you know there is we haven't got time now we'll talk about it but use technology to create a point of difference in your marketplace and last but not least be a really good human being time for me to plug open negotiation that's the technology that you could implement that your competitors aren't but we'll move on from there yeah absolutely and and look you know a, a, another really good example i mean I, i'm working for a company right now that is in the virtual tour space um you know little hinges i'm i'm from their office now have a have a play with that technology yeah. um have a play with facebook live i mean many of us don't like doing facebook live because well what if i lose lose track of what i'm about to say but do you know what will screw it just try it especially if you're in, if you're in victoria and you've got plenty of time on your hands just try it and get better and better and better and master being brilliant at that piece of technology so it's yeah. about all of those five things will absolutely and great answer um, just getting back to one of your blogs, there's a, obviously a huge emphasis on the necessity of implementing um, technology to remain successful. Um, and what's how do you how do you implement technology, but also retain the the humanness that we call it within real estate and sort of combine the two? Because I imagine that would make you the superhero of real estate. Yeah, it's and it, do you know what, Will? It's it's really um, it, it's not easy. So. I see so many, I mean, I'll, I'll give you an extreme example. Um, I'll, I'll say to my teenage kids, um, oh, can you just um, find out what time mum will be back? Uh, no problem, dad. I'll send, I'll, I'll, I'll send a message through Messenger or I'll text her. Um, and I say, why don't you just ring her? Why don't you just ring her? She's in the car and just ask her what time she'll come back. And so what I see in real estate is I see particularly a lot of younger agents hide behind uh, technology and send messages, uh, send emails, do everything apart from actually have a physical connection. Mm. And then I see the older generation, and when I say the older generation, people like me will, yeah, who say, oh, it's all about good old-fashioned face-to-face. And, and I actually think that both arguments are wrong. I think that you've got to meet somewhere in the middle. And, and the best agents are the ones that combine the best, best of the human factor. And so the human factor is, you know, those soft skills, showing empathy, showing sympathy, 
listening and so on and so forth. I think the agents who can combine the best of the human factor with the best of technology, bring them together, are the ones that are going to do really, really well. And look, if I can give you another quote, I love this quote um, from, actually, I don't know who said this, but um, this, this gentleman said, the only thing more difficult than starting something new in an organization is stopping something old. So the only thing more difficult than starting something new in an organization is something is stopping something old. And without question, there are many of us, me included, who will continue to do a task because uh, we've always done that task or Annie or Fred in front office have always done that task when actually using technology would be faster, more accurate and more efficient. But there's this fear of stopping something old that gets in the way. So for me, it, it's figuring out what belongs in that human factor bucket, Will, what belongs in that technology bucket, bring it together and you're going to be a winner. So I imagine um, I think about, but once again, my career and, and it was sort of horses for courses. If I was dealing with someone who I felt um, wanted to deal with the more human element, then that's what I'd provide them. If I, if I was dealing with someone younger who just wanted to text and WhatsApp and Facebook Live and all that sort of stuff, that's what I did. So I think it's about being having the ability and being chameleon and providing what the client wants rather than a one-stop shop. Absolutely. And, you know, quite clearly, if you're, if you're dealing with, um, you know, if I, if I was trying to get hold of my daughter right now, and my daughter's 19, uh, if I was trying to get hold of her now, if I phoned her, she wouldn't answer the phone. If I sent her a text, she wouldn't answer the text. If I sent a, 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 a message through Messenger, she'll come back to me straight away. And that's a really good example of, of what you've just said, Will. You know, whereas with my mum, for example, if I wanted to get hold of my mum, the best way of getting hold of my mum, uh, and she's still buying and selling real estate, is you've got to ring her. And uh, you've got to have the smarts about you to figure out what your customer wants. Correct. Um, you mentioned Lisa Novak and um, obviously her husband, Mark, who most people probably know of. Um, Mark said your program allowed their agency to connect the dots um, in, in the digital world. So can you explain what this might mean for agents looking to sort of finesse their online presence a bit? Yeah, no, absolutely. So I run this I run two charity programs, Will, uh, for the Sydney-based charity Hands Across the Water. And I'm really proud to say that over the last two years, we've um, helped build uh, a school classroom in an orphanage in Thailand and fit this school classroom out with technology to give these uh, kids uh, an opportunity to learn how to use technology. So when they uh, leave uh, the orphanage into this wide world, they have a half chance of getting a decent job because they know how uh, PowerPoint works or they know how Excel works or they know how to code. And, um, you know, the bike ride is one of the, one of the um, events that I run to help fund that. And the other is I run this event called Digital Live, which is an education program. And I pull together some of the best, uh, you know, I talked earlier about hanging around with people who know this stuff. Well, I pull all of those people together uh, for a full day 
and uh, expose them to real estate agents. And, and, and obviously, Mark is referring to uh, the Digital Live event. Um, one of the things that we do with Digital Live, is, which is so different to ARIC and other events, is we have this, um, this ethos of show and then have a go. And so what I mean by that, uh, I say to these, um, these experts, I want you to show people how to prospect using LinkedIn. But then what I want you to do is I want you to give the audience time to have a go at prospecting using LinkedIn. And so, you know, I'm a big fan of Eric and I've spoken to Eric twice now and I'm blessed uh, that John McGrath has given me that opportunity. Um, but the one thing that Eric doesn't do is it doesn't really, you, you write lots of notes but then more often than not, those notes get shoved into a top drawer. With the Digital Live program, there is no hiding place. We'll show you how to do it, but then you're going to have a go at doing it. And yeah. Mark, obviously, uh, is referring to that uh, approach, which has enabled him to join the dots and, um, you know, become uh, a pretty influential real estate group in the Northern Beaches on the back of their digital social media presence. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. Okay. Um, now, I know we're, I'm about to ask you something about leadership and um, you were um, a, a leader of my brother and now my brother is a fantastic leader and I think a lot of that comes from um, the leadership you showed him and then the traits that you taught him. From a leadership perspective, how can real estate um, professionals foster more successful working environments for their teams, particularly in the environment we're in where you're not sitting next to each other? Yeah, no, ab ab absolutely. And um, look, I did a talk on this uh, last year. And um, one of the, the themes of what I was talking about is, a go, go, let's go back to what I said earlier, 50% of the workforce right now were born after 1981. So 50% of the workforce are millennials. And millennials are all over tech. They understand how it all works. And they're used to um, receiving incredible personalized messages uh, from um, companies like Facebook. So, for example, Will, um, this morning I got a, a memory. This is what you were doing six years ago. Yeah, we all know what I'm talking about. And you look at it, you go, wow. I can't believe my kids looked like that six years ago. And then at the end of the, the at the end of the year, you'll get you and Will Ainsworth have been connected for twelve months. Here's a, a little bit of a video of some of the stuff that you and Will did together over two thousand and nineteen. And so um, people are now expecting personalization. You know, computers and technology have raised the bar when it comes to personalization. So if you've got a boss who really doesn't know much about you and just treats you as one of many employees, you're, you're a boss that is already falling behind the times. Because what, it, what, what, what employees do now is they compare the best experiences across everything. So what they're saying is, well, if Mark Zuckerberg can send me this personalized type of communication, why the hell can't my boss, who uh, I've been working for for three years, remember my birthday or remember this or remember my kid's name? So I think personalization is a good one. 
And and, as, and the second and final one, because I could talk about this forever, uh, that I'll share with you is access. Yeah. So when you think when when I think back to my time at REA, there were certain bosses that I had that were near on impossible to bloody get hold of. You know, access to them was really really difficult because they were always so bloody busy and their door was always closed. Where but but now what happens is. I, I can follow Sir Richard Branson through Twitter. I can follow Sir Donald Trump. I can, I can be connected with some of the world's greatest leaders. And again, when you think about it, what technology has done is it's changed the expectations of employees to the extent that they're going, well, if, if Donald Trump and Sir, and, 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 uh, and Sir Richard Branson uh, can give me access to what they're thinking and what they're doing, why the hell do I find it so difficult to get airtime with my boss? And I think my advice to leaders would be expectations of the workforce are getting higher and higher and higher, and you need to adapt and you need to evolve uh, because the way that you led in 2016 is no longer good enough in 2020. Yeah, love it. Absolutely love that answer. Um, now, just going off topic a little bit. Um, now, I know we spoke off air the other day about your charity work, and I noticed when we started talking about it, your um, your tone went up, and I could tell you're really enthused and energised by a lot of the work you've been doing for for charities. Um, how has your work, um, charity, I should say, your charity work, sort of shaped your career and and you as a person? Yeah, hugely well, hugely. I mean, we we are the luck. We are so bloody lucky here in Australia. Seriously, like I, I'm from the I'm from the UK. Australia is the, is one of the most amazing places on the planet to live. Yeah, and, and it shits me when I see so many people miserable walking around with a long face and so on and so forth. You know, we are so so fortunate. And I was at the gym this morning, actually, and I, I was talking to my personal trainer and I said, you know what, the happiest people that I've seen this year by a mile are the orphans when we, 80 of us, cycled into that orphanage, yeah? And for a whole day, they showed us around where they lived. And I'll tell you what, Will, where they lived is not great yeah you know there's no hot water there's no this there's no that there's no air conditioning but they're so happy they're so proud and so what one of the things that it has taught me is perspective and it's just it, it, it sometimes when i'm feeling a little bit grumpy it it, it it helps me get perspective i think not only that, uh, one person, a person once said to me that better people make better leaders. And I'm not saying that uh, giving some of your time to charity necessarily makes you a better person, but I do believe that if you care about others, uh, you will be a better human being and you will become a better leader as a result of that. But the big, big one is this, Will. The big one is, uh, is this. The work that I do, I make some amazing friends. And I've got real estate agents, real estate professionals who my relationship with them 
is so different to what it used to be when I was just selling advertising to them, if that makes sense. And, um, you know, for me, the big win for the effort that I put in is the depth of relationships that I've built, which will help me keep ahead of the curve. Because when I ring them and go, hey, what's working in your industry at the moment or your office at the moment in the context of text, they share with me that information because we've built up that special bond. Because when you cycle 500 kilometers across rural Thailand and you're staying in some pretty uh, average accommodation and it's 42 degrees, um, you're out of the comfort zone and that's when real bonds and real friends are made, Will. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. So we're into the fun part, uh, not that that hasn't been fun, but the rapid fire questions, which I know I've sent you um, earlier. So you've got the answers already written down, hopefully, but um, let's go through these. What was your dream job as a child? Soldier. Soldier. Why yeah. is that? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, wanted to be a soldier. Wanted, to, I don't know why, just had this uh, aspiration of uh, joining uh, the, the forces and um, uh, never did, never did. Funnily enough, my two brothers both did, and my dad also was in the British Army. Uh, so um, I actually, um, although it was a dream job, I never fulfilled that one. And I'm too old now to join the Army. <laughs> Fair enough then. Um, what life lesson did you learn the hard way? Oh, I, that's a really easy one to answer. So I was backpacking around Australia when I was uh, about 19 or 20 and I sunburned my eyes falling asleep on Green Island up near Cairns. <laughs> and um, I had to spend three days in a dormitory uh, in a backpackers and some bastard pinched all my money. So not only uh, was I in agony because I sunburned my eyes and I needed to be in complete darkness, but someone took advantage of me and stole three or four or 500 Australian dollars. And I'm talking about 20, 30 years ago. And I remember ringing my dad, uh, expecting my dad to bail me out. And uh, he never did bail me out. And uh, he, he kind of said in an indirect way, well, you're just going to have to stand on your two on your own two feet. You're going to have to go and pick some bananas, and you're going to have to build up your uh, money so you can start travelling again. And I remember that I thought he was a real bastard of a dad at the time. But when I look back at it, I think to myself, what he taught me, Will, was um, if I'm foolish enough to fall asleep on Green Island, then uh, you got to obviously um, uh, adapt respond uh, everything that we're talking about we have to do right now and and and, and get back on your, your two feet and i did and i carried on traveling and uh great great life lesson 100 <laughs> percent. i'm sure you'll never do that twice in your life what's your spirit animal well at rea they used to say i was the owl uh, because I was the one that would sit in leadership meetings, uh, not say a great deal, but um, when I did, they were words of wiseness. Uh, so wise owl, so owl would be the answer, Will. I would agree with that. What is the best purchase you've ever made, Steve? Well, I have to say, really boring than it might sound, is a bike. Um, and and it, it, I to be honest with you, um, I got bought a bike when on my 50th birthday, and I, I'm not really sure why my wife bought me a bike because I wasn't a cyclist. 
Um, but um, I, um, I started uh, peddling and started enjoying it. And uh, that kind of got me hooked on this digital live bike ride. Uh, and you know what, Will? Um, I, I just can't wait until uh, next August because next August, fingers crossed, is when we'll be over in Thailand doing this 500 kilometer uh, bike ride. And uh, I'm not sure I would be saying this if I hadn't have got a bike for my 50th birthday. Very good. I did think your answer was going to be a one-way ticket to Australia, but we'll, uh, maybe that's the second best. Yeah, <laughs> possibly <laughs> so. But, uh, yeah, it was certainly a, certainly a good move back in uh, 2006. And uh, when I made the move to uh, Australia, it uh, it's definitely was... Uh, you know, at the age of 40, three young kids, giving up everything and taking a job that was paying me less money was a risky thing to do. But when I look back on it, it was the best thing that I ever did. Well done. Um, now, last question I've got for you. What's the one piece of advice you would give uh, the agents that are watching this now and the ones that are watching it later? What's the one piece of advice you'd give? Well, I'll cheat, Will, and I'll, you know, the, the webinars that I've been rolling out right at the back end of the webinar, I say to them, look, you know, if I could just give you three pieces of advice. One is embrace digital and technology. Embrace it. Number two, double down on your learning. Irrespective of how old you are, uh, you've got to continue to read. You've got to continue to listen to podcasts. You've got to continue to broaden your knowledge, yeah? And the last but not least would be, uh, remember what I said earlier, combine the best of the human factor with the best of technology. And if you bring those two together well, I reckon you're in for um, a really good time in real estate. I think you're right. Steve, how can, um, how can everyone connect with you outside of this? Is LinkedIn the best way to, uh, to follow you? Yeah, so LinkedIn's good. Uh, I'm really happy for people to, uh, to message me. Look, I'll, I'll give you my phone number now. So 0457, 0457 763820. So 0457 Uh Very happy for anyone to text me any questions. And if I can answer them, I'll do my very, very best. Uh, but the best thing that they should do is set a goal to join me and uh, 60 other uh, real estate pros, August 2021. And uh, I tell you, you'll learn loads and uh, you'll be a better person as a result of doing it. But you don't have to do that. You can just ring me and have a chat. That's all, also okay as well. Fantastic. Steve, this has been one of the best interviews that I've um, been a part of um, for the Better Agent series. So, And I'm sure all the listeners have taken an absolute wealth of gold from you being the, the old wise owl that you are. And I shouldn't say old, but you said it earlier, so I'm just using your words. Thank you so much for your generosity and time. For everybody watching on today, thank you so much for, uh, for watching on. If you have any questions, welcome to contact me or Steve via his mobile or LinkedIn. And uh, thank you so much for your time again, Steve.